Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. It's my pleasure today to be here with Susan Salcido, who is the superintendent of county schools. And I'm really looking forward to a conversation because I know that the Santa Barbara County Office of Education does so much important work in the community. And I want to learn more specifically of you know, how they interact with schools, particularly during the pandemic, and just kind of get a big picture of this important role that this organization plays in the community. Susan, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Uh, thanks so much, Josh, for that warm welcome and for the invitation and really appreciate being here today with you. I'm doing really well. Thank you. Great. It's my pleasure. Let's just sort of dive right in. Um, I want to talk to you about the Santa Barbara County Office of Education. And obviously, this is your world and, you know, you know it well. But can you talk a little bit about what it is that you do in the context of our schools? I've got a couple of kids in, you know, two different school districts. I think people kind of relate to their schools through their principals, you know, through people on site, you know, they're maybe their district superintendent. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your role and what it is you do and how that sort of affects the various campuses throughout our county? Oh, absolutely. Thanks for the question. And you said you have two children in two different districts. We yeah. were in the same boat last year and now in one district. And, <laughs> you know, there are 20 school districts in Santa Barbara County. Carpinteria is its own school district, Cuyama, its own school district, Goleta, uh, Solvang, they're 20. And you're right, they each have their own district superintendents. So people wonder, now, Susan, county superintendent, county superintendent schools, what do y'all do? Um, what do you do? So a great opportunity to share today. And I, I'd like to start with, you know, why we do, and, I, and then I'll explain what we do at a county education office, but why we do I'm really thinking about students first, and then I want to talk about our educator heroes for a moment. In terms of our students, you know, the why, the vision for all of our students in all of those, all of our schools, 120 schools plus in Santa Barbara County. Wow. Yeah. And I'm thinking about the student today who's at Canalino in Carp, um, Carp in Teria, or who's at Haneda in Buellton, or at uh, Cuyama High School today. We want every student who walks onto campus, Josh, to feel like they are such a, not only welcomed, but included um, on that school campus, that they are visible, seen, appreciated, valued. I mean, it's really important to be a part of the school community. That's one piece. Mm -hmm. But then when they're there, that they're engaging in really meaningful work. We want them to be engaging in intellectual work, physical work, being socially, emotionally supported, mm. and then inspired and creative and being able to, you know, create and imagine. Those are things. And then we want them to develop tools, right? Tools and knowledge and abilities so that they can be successful. I mean, that's really the, the vision for what we want for all of our students in all of our schools. So kind of putting that big out there for a minute, and also talk about our educator heroes. So I'm thinking about, you mentioned the principals you see, the superintendents you see, your children's teachers you see. I'm thinking too about teachers, um, the individuals in the cafeterias who are making at home scratch meals for, their, for our students in schools every day, mm -hmm. the bus drivers, the front office staff, the classified staff, the counselors, the school nurses, they're doing incredible work right now. And so for all of our school heroes, 
um, our vision, our, our, our why is that we want all of those school employees to feel so, so valued um, and so um, treasured, but also to know that their work matters and that they um, really change lives through their work. So we really need to ensure that they have the resources they need to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a big picture as to why we're doing what we do. And at SBCEO, our, our mission is of service and leadership to, those, to, the, to that end. And I'll, then let me break it down and say a little bit about what we do. So I just wanted to say the, the why and our, and our focus. And um, you're right, Josh, it's super multifaceted in terms of what we do at the County Education Office. So I'm going to break it down into three zones. And then there's, of course, there's more, but I'll, we'll kind of break it there. So the first zone I'll, I'll say is around schools. The second one I'll say is the state, like the state of California. And then I'll talk about some services. Okay, so in terms of school, what I want to share there is that SBCEO, that's what we call the Santa Barbara County Education Office, we operate and run schools, just like the schools your children attend. So we operate our own schools and then we operate in schools. So let me share examples. So in terms of operating in schools, it's really specific supports we provide. Um, I'll, I'll share an example of special education. So last week I was in our office in Santa Maria and um, met with um, Stephanie Demchok, who's a one of a kind individual. And she literally is the only one braille transcriber in Santa Barbara County in, in the education field. And I'm going to tell you what she does. So she's our employee. She's a Braille transcriber. So imagine that um, Sue is in school uh, at Dos Pueblos for six periods. Let's just imagine that. Mm -hmm. And so um, if I have six periods a day, bio, PE, art, English, Spanish, et cetera, you know, in, in the day, what Stephanie's job is, is to communicate with all of the teachers and ensure that every one of those books, the lessons, the supplemental things are all transcribed into Braille and that they bring it back into the classroom so that the student can have it um, every day. It's really about access. So she's amazing. She's a one of a kind. She's been with us for 28 years. And that's one way we see um, supports in schools. That particular day, last week when I was visiting her, we actually were visiting um, Miguelito Elementary School in, in Lompoc Unified. Um, there's a Santa Barbara County Teacher of the Year there. And when we were there, Allison Blanton, and when we were there, who walks onto campus is a teacher from SBCEO, again, a support in the school. And she um, had with her a book in Braille, um, Lindy Burkholz, and she was working with a student who reads in Braille and providing her lessons that day. So I, I say that to say it's supports we provide in schools in a very specialized area, but we also provide schools. So you've heard of Los Prietos Boys Camp, which is operated by Pro, uh, Santa Barbara County Probation, and there's a high school there, Los Robles High School, and that's something that we provide the school for, so our principal and our teachers. Um, at the Juvenile Justice Center in Santa Maria, formerly known as uh, Juvenile Hall, there's a school, Dos Puertas, and so we provide the school there um, for the Juvenile Justice Center. So we provide and Fitzgerald Community Center in Santa Maria. So those are examples of schools we provide and the ways in pro we provide services in schools as well. And then our largest programs at um, Santa Barbara County Education Office for like 
real programs that we're providing in schools or direct programs, not real, are, um, are our preschools, preschools and infant centers and child care centers throughout Santa Barbara County. So some of our main programs are in special education and then in early childhood education. So I say that under the umbrella of school, and then I'll continue on to that umbrella of state for a minute. Okay. All right. So in terms of the state, so the California Department of Education and the State Board of Education, boy, if they were to communicate to all of the 6.2 million students in California, it would be a real challenge. And so the mechanism to work with schools and school districts are through county offices of education. So in California, there are 58 counties and 58 county offices of education. So we work with um, and we're the intermediary agency between the state of California and our 20 school districts and our charter schools. So we break down in California, the 1100 school districts, the 1300 charter schools, the 6.2 million students and the California Department of Ed and the State Board of Education require us and also request that we um, are that in-between agency. And so what that would look like there, an example of that is we are required to um, review and approve all the school district's budgets to make sure that they're solvent. And they make the decisions as to what they want to provide or need to provide to to their schools but we're the ones who review and approve that they have enough funding to do what it is they're set out to do. So that's an example of being an intermediary agency. Mm -hmm. So in the school zone that I was saying about earlier and that state zone, I think what we often hear from community members are, do do you all even provide schools? We do, but you act like a governmental agency. We are. I mean, there's so there's a couple of we're talked about multifaceted and different identities. Those are the hats we wear. And then the third area I was sharing earlier was services and programs that we provide. So and I'll even say events. So, for example, if you've heard of mock trial, you know, in the courthouse, um, that's something that our office provides as an event for high schools to participate in. So there's mock trial. Mm-hmm. But other services that we provide, and I, there's 200 in Santa Barbara County Education Office, 200 plus services and programs. But um, they include having a dedicated s- staff um, for literacy and language support. So we'll have a director who works with the schools who are implementing dual language programs. So that's something that our office provides expertise in. We have a dedicated career technical education department. So helping, which was uh, formerly known as vocational programs. So when high schools and junior highs are looking at pathways into colleges, we have a dedicated department ensuring that students are following pathways that can be certificate programs or college programs. And then I'll end with um, some services and programs that are part of three nonprofits that SBCEO administers. You may, have, you may have heard of all of them, actually. Partners in Education is one. Um, Children's Creative Project is another. And another one is Children and Family Resource Services. So going back to the Partners in Education, um, we're providing high school internships for high school students to be paid, job readiness training, 
over a thousand computers provided for free in computers for families. So that's under partners in education as examples. Um, children's uh, creative project. That is something that you may have attended Imad Anari in front of the mission in Santa Barbara. And it's a huge community event when we can have it. And all of those proceeds go towards having arts in our schools. So that's administered by SBCEO. And then the final nonprofit, Children and Family Resource Services from the Promotoras Network, from Welcome Every Baby. Right now we have many, many focus areas. Another one there is on mental wellness supports and health navigators for our schools. So those are a, a few examples of how we operate schools and operate in schools, how we're that intermediary agency um, between the state and our 20 school districts in Santa Barbara County, and many of the services and programs we provide at SBCEO. And we haven't even talked about the role in the state of COVID yet. <laughs> yeah, and I, I want to go there in a second, but. You know, you mentioned so many things, <clears throat> so many important things. They're specialized. They're not the kind of things that get a lot of attention. And, you know, in terms of, you know, there's a problem and, and journalists will, you know, write about, you know, why it's happening, try to talk about some of the ways to fix things, you know, interviewing, researching. What you do, it sounds like what the office does is so important, you know, from, you know, having, um, you know, the, the the Braille teacher and translator to servicing the preschools to having these specialized services for the schools. It's so important and it, it is, it's not seen. And that's probably because it's working so well, you know, it's effective, you know, and it's smooth. We only hear about these things when they, when they don't work well. So, you know, that's really refreshing to, to know, you know, and, um, you know, I've got kids in both districts, so, you know, I sort of, you know, hear, you know, and see different things. And, and I went to Dos Pueblos High School and I went to Galita Valley Junior High and I went to a whole bunch of different elementary schools. So I can remember a little bit, a little bit of my time back then. And I just, when I, when I, when I talk to my kids, I sort of think, wow, things have changed so much. And there's so much for the better, you know, in terms of what you started with of trying to make sure everybody feels included and, you know, inclusive, you know, I'm blown away that, that, food is free, like for everybody. And I don't know if that's like a pandemic thing. Um, I think it's all, it's been that way for a few years, but you know, you can have breakfast in school, you can have lunch and then you can have the, the, um, I think it's supper. You can have the, you know, this meal, you know? And, and so there's so much of what happens that we don't, I guess we take for granted. We don't really realize, but it is something that has not always been the case. And, so just things like that are really uh, refreshing to know that these things are happening. Um, obviously, all the work that you're doing has been impacted by COVID-19 and the pandemic. So can you talk about, you know, you just very perfectly and eloquently sort of outlined these, you know, different sort of pillars of what you do in the community now, can we overlay it with the pandemic and how that's affected what your office does, for the, has been doing for the last couple of years and is you know, currently doing, looking ahead? Absolutely. And, and Josh, I want to say for a moment what you said a moment ago in terms of your children, your experiences and also your children's experiences. One, 
to the progress that you've seen and noticed, which is wonderful. Isn't it great to say that you've seen change over a generation? That's what we want. We want to continually improve. That's one. And number two, so much credit to the folks, you, you mentioned Goleta Valley Junior High and Santa Barbara Unified School District. They really are doing so, so much um, in all of our school districts are to ensure that every student is, is seen, fed. Um, there's some nutrition. You know, there's, there's really, really important to um, have opportunities for all students. Um, so I just want to say thanks for, for calling that out. You, in terms of COVID-19, what I will say is I go immediately to uh, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th, March 2020. Mm-hmm. I can see it like it is right in front. It's, I can see it as if it's you right there. And um, we were in a conference room here by we, myself and an executive team here at the county education office. This office happens to be in Santa Barbara, but we have other offices as well. And we were huddling at the time. We weren't on Zooms like we are now. We, I was on a conference phone call, you know, and I'm looking and staring at that conference, the phone. And on the other end are the 20 district superintendents, their teams, charter schools, public health. We had we had to really huddle because we had to come to some conclusion as to what, how are we going to react? What is our response to what we were hearing um, in the atmosphere? And that day, uh, Friday the 13th, we had to come to a really challenging conclusion, devastating. No one in schools wants to close the school. We hadn't done that, Josh, since um, ever, but we did it when there were um, the uh, Thomas fire and the mud flows. That was the first time in Santa Barbara County's history that we needed to close schools. So could not believe- There was all that smoke in the the air. That's right. The ash closed the schools. Of course, the mud flows affected very specific school districts, um, very sadly. Um, But the the fires, the ash closed all of our schools for the first time in Santa Barbara County's history, or at least written history that people recall. So that day in 2020 to close our schools was devastating and it really impacted the entire- um, communities, but of course we saw it in California and the nations um, and the world. And we knew at the time as, as school leaders um, that closing schools was absolutely devastating. Opening schools was going to be really, really challenging. So ever since that day, at that point, we huddled daily. I convened meetings with the school leaders every day and public health on the phone and then we moved to Zoom and now we continue to have weekly uh, meetings with public health and we continue to um, really ensure what, how are we approaching COVID-19 in our schools with the first and foremost safety and health of our, our school communities. <clears throat> so let me, let me just interject there uh, sure. for a second. Um, you know, I remember that day and having you know, two kids who, you know, were impacted and thinking it's going to be what a week, it's going to be two weeks. I think it was right before spring break, if I recall. And so like, oh, we get, you know, you know, I was, I remember like, oh, why couldn't this have happened outside of spring break? You guys were going to be off anyway, you know, because at that time we, we knew it was like a big deal, but we didn't know it would be 
this global thing that would last forever, right? And so, so um, it was life changing. You know, we had to put our, our, our youngest in a you know like this pod, you know, teach from home, teach remotely. It affects everyone in the household. Um, but you know, again, I don't. It sort of forced us to embrace technology for these young people in ways that we had been sort of dragging our feet for many years. Like we knew that capability was there. Someday education is going to be done remotely the same as in person. We never would have even approached that. I don't think, you know, had this not come up. And so, you know, just that time was so, so interesting and changing and pivotal. And even though it's, you know, difficult and in-person is better than remote according to the research we we learned so much from that remote and 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 uh, there is a way there is a path and and you know much of that you know had to do with a lot of the facilitation with obviously the school sites the districts county education office you know but go ahead continue i just want to oh yeah well you're absolutely right it really forced a lot of issues and that technology issue, both hardware, but really connectivity, huge issue. You mentioned a moment ago about meals. When we were younger and in schools, you had to pay your dollar to, to get that breakfast or you had to pay, you know, and now it's really um, equalized. But um, for technology, you're absolutely right, forced an issue. And we're now we're seeing, um, now it's a, a statewide and federal national issue around having technology. It's like a utility, like electricity and water. We need the connectivity. But what, but yeah, back to the response on um, COVID-19, I'll say, I'll break it down into the tangible and then some even intangible, some of the tangible ways in which the Santa Barbara County Education Office is responding and supporting our schools throughout the Santa Barbara County um, include, you've seen the, you've been part of media releases around personal protective equipment. Our auditorium becomes full to the ceiling with deliveries, and then we deliver them out to our schools. We had last week um, at-home test kits, which are so uh, needed right now. More are needed, but we did receive tens of thousands and distributed them to our schools. Now we're, we'll be receiving uh, N95 masks and distributing those. So some of the pieces are tangible, like let's deliver this information or uh, materials out and resources to our schools. Some of the other pieces are a little less tangible and more of that intangible. That constant and regular facilitation of the huddles with school leaders, with public health, um, deciphering the always changing, seemingly always changing policies. I mean, it's complex. It's complex for the public. And then in schools, we have two different zones we have to watch, the rules for our students, and then rules that are different for staff. And those are different from the public. So we're really always constantly and continuously looking at the policies, ensuring that we know at SBC what they are, matching them with public health, and helping to distribute and communicate that with our districts. It's, it's intangible and tangible because they're using it to communicate with their communities, which is so, so important that we're communicating the same thing across our districts to the furthest extent possible. Um, but the other piece too is the collegiality that we're able to build, the trust that we're able to build through our um, communities with these huddles. Um, you know, school leaders, when you think about 20 school districts, 
that means there's only 20 school superintendents with those are the only other 19 people that have that job within Santa Barbara County. And it's it's really important to be able to come together with job alikes and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing. Are you seeing this too? How are you handling that in your schools? Here's how we're handling it. So I really think that um, one of the ways in which we've supported at SBCEO um, COVID-19 beyond the tangible and vaccine clinics and tests and all of that, that intangible, um, in, that rapport, collegiality, the trust, the clarity, the communication. I think those are really, really important pieces that, that we've um, been honored to play and really requested to play uh, in these times. Yeah, um, really, really impressive work. And uh, it's never ending, right? It's sort of the new, the new way of doing things. You know, there's all these transitions. Uh, it's never going to be over. I guess you're just going to have to deal with it from that yeah. that education perspective you know my my uh daughter is in second grade and most of her academic life now has been the pandemic era so yeah. you don't really know anything other than remote learning or maths yeah. you know and right, so right. the whole generation being being raised like that you know I want to be respectful of your time but I want to talk a little bit about you um you uh this incredible reputation in town uh you know positive people say the best things about you uh very very positive comments about working with you and the work you do and interacting with you you know all good and so i want to get to know a little bit about you and your backstory if you don't mind and, and sure. you know, how long have you, you haven't been in this position super long i know you know the person before was in for a long time um what's your story like where'd you come from how did you get here how did you get into education um obviously you probably have faced some challenges um you know, like we all have, but specific to you, you know, and sort of your upbringing and background. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, where you're raised and how you got here? Absolutely. Thanks. Absolutely. So I grew up in the beautiful area of the Santa Maria Valley. Oh. Um, yeah, I went to my parents moved to Santa Maria just a few days before me starting kindergarten. So I started kindergarten in Santa Maria, went to Adam Elementary School as an Adam Angel, um, El Camino Junior High as a Titan. And then I went to Santa Maria High School as a saint. And then we moved to Orange County. And I, I can tell you how I came back, um, okay. back to Santa Barbara County. But I grew up in Santa Maria. And I think something that's important for that I'd like to share is that, so my parents immigrated to the United States with my sister. And then a few years later, I was born. And when they moved to Santa Maria, they um, decided to open up or own and operate a small mom and pop motel, 22 unit motel on Broadway. It's still there. I, I drive by it and I, I, I see my childhood. I mean, it's right there on 1995 South Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, and it's different names. It has had different names, but it's, it's still there. And I say that because, you know, motel business, Josh, it does not close. And in fact, it's very open, uh, busy on weekends and holidays. And so my life at home was work. My parents worked all the time and it was really a family business in that, of course, they did all of the hard work, but I'll tell you, if you were staying in room six and called and needed more towels, you might get Susan Salcedo at six years old, bringing you towels because that's, that's the work life that we had. And so they, um, 
given the fact that we worked or they worked holidays and weekends, we were not a family that that had uh, family vacations or college trips. I mean, we were home working. So school life was really my opportunity to see the real world. And so I so appreciated when our schools brought in speakers, um, career days, uh, somebody who worked at um, uh, Vandenberg, you know, somebody who was an engineer. I mean, I got to see the world through my school when they had a field trip to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, first college trip. Mm-hmm. Um, when they brought in Oral Hershiser, who was a rookie uh, pitcher for the Dodgers, I became a lifelong Dodger fan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what schools did for me. And I really love, I needed to be there because uh, otherwise I wasn't going to be exposed to a lot of other things um, from home. And I, uh, it, and it's not a lack of desire from my parents. It was that they had a different focus. And I think that that's similar today. I think there are so many families that work many, many jobs, very, very hardworking, um, love and best intentions for their families, but our schools are environments that need to um, provide external people coming in to provide uh, a view to the outside, um, speakers and careers and colleges and you know exposure to what's possible. So I yeah. say that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, you lost a little bit of your childhood, it sounds like, you know, being in the family business and having to work, the, the blending of the home life and the work life being one and having to work and you know, that's very common, um, you know, because a lot of, you know, children in this district, you know, in, in this county, their parents work multiple jobs, right. you know, sometimes they're home alone, sometimes they're taken to the work site that's to right. work and just kind of deal and hang out, you know, I was, I was one of those kids, like, mm-hmm. do your homework and don't get in the way, you right. know, or right. let me help, you know, you might have to help. Um, where did your parents emigrate from, if you don't mind me asking? Absolutely, South Korea. So um, okay. they from Seoul, the area of Seoul, and um, immigrated to the Long Beach area. Actually, ran an Orange Julius. If you remember Orange Julius, those are delicious. Was, yeah. <laughs> so that was one of their first businesses, and then um, moved to Santa Maria. Um, but you know, and it, it was when when I have I have we have children. My husband, and I have children, and. Um, they've grown up now with AYSO and Little League and volleyball. And um, I did not participate in any of those things. So it's new for me, you know, and I, and I say that because, and, and my husband did, and I'm so glad to be part of it. And I'm really grateful for community um, organizations, but again, it wasn't part of my growing up. And so I really um, understand what it's like to have the school provide that and how, know how essential it is to have those opportunities at school. So in high school, my family moved to Orange County. I came back to UC Santa Barbara and pursued a degree in English as an English major. I've always loved the written word. I can get lost in poetry and prose and essays and magazines and all of that. Um, um, So pursued English and my first, I got my teaching credential there and was so fortunate to get my first teaching job at Dos Pueblos High School. So I taught at Dos Pueblos and loved it. And Josh, if somebody said then that that's what you will be doing for the next 35 years, I'd say thank you and I'm happy Um, because it was just wonderful. I loved, loved, loved being a teacher. 
um, had an opportunity to be an assistant principal at San Marcos High School. I thought, well, you know, let, let, okay, let me let me serve in that way. And as assistant principal at San Marcos, it was an incredible um, place, incredible environment, loved serving in that way. Uh, my husband um, graduated from San Marcos and his father taught there for over 30 years. So it was a kind of coming back home in a way. Um, went from there to be a principal of Santa Barbara Junior High, you know, worked in multiple different roles and eventually came here to the county education office and have been here for many years now, but now in this role, four years. What is it that you love about teaching and, and being in these various roles? You, you say, you know, you, you, when you said, if you told me I'd be a teacher for 35 years, you can see the joy, you know, just sort of illuminating your face, like, like, wow, that would have been perfect. You ended up doing other things because other opportunities have come up. You still are teaching, you, you know, in a way, and you're in education. Right. What is it about that? Do you think it ties into maybe your own childhood and, you know, how you sort of experienced education, how important it was, or, you know, what is it that you love so much about this world? Yeah, it, the world is, is, is beautiful. It's really around children and seeing them, their eyes, you know, open up. And when you talk about whatever this, if it's a subject matter, or if it's a grade level, I have to say, I was in a classroom elementary recently, and um, the teacher the students were very, very energetic. So the teachers stood up and sang kind of a, a, a listen to me song, you know, or let's quiet down song. And like with a, just a bar, you know, that she's saying the, the class just came to such a quiet, calm class. It was like this magical, um, you know, this magic that, that the teacher had with the, with the students. And they were so um, interested in learning from that from that teacher. Mm. I, I just loved being a teacher and, and still am today. Um, every role I've had position, whether it was at, like I said, assistant principal at San Marcos High School, I loved it because I'm, I'm engaging with families, I'm supporting them in their education, I'm helping families connect to school, students connect to their uh, school communities, and for them to really flourish um, and have that love of learning, but to be successful in their life, whether it's college, career, I mean, in long term. So I, I really do. I have um, every, I, I feel very fortunate. Every role that I have had, um, this one included, is something that I wake up and love. And I know that I'm doing, I'm serving, I'm supporting, I'm doing the right work um, on behalf of our, our children and our schools and the employees. How old were you when, or, you know, what grade level were you when you sort of met the first teacher who you remember today, who made a profound difference in your life? Um, yeah. You know, of course, we would love every teacher we ever have to do that, right. but it doesn't happen for most of us. And usually there's this moment where you're like, wow, that's a teacher. Yeah. Wow. You know, wow. Do you recall right. that? Yeah, I do. Really? I'm curious what you recall, too. That's a question <laughs> back to you. But, you know, a few years ago, I had an opportunity to highlight a teacher. Um, his name's Gene Saruatari, and now he lives in Arroyo Grande. He was my math teacher in junior high school, mm -hmm. and um, and I had brilliant teachers along the way. In fact, one of my mentors uh, today, uh, along with Mr. Saruatari, was Jan Klaus at Dos Pueblos High School, um, who oh, was yeah. my men mentor teacher. I don't know if you ever, did you have her as a teacher? Yeah, um, I had, I, when I went to DP, yeah. And I was like, I, I, 
Shakespeare um, <laughs> with some English type class, special right. class like that. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Might have been Shakespeare. Yeah, might have been Shakespeare. Well, she's she's <laughs> phenomenal now, since retired. But yeah, Mr. Sarutari, he um, at El Camino Junior High School. You know, something that I remembered that was so special about him beyond teaching mathematics was that he was the teacher that his door was open at lunch. He'd invite students in and he talked to us as students, but really talking about life lessons. I mean, just having lunch. I remember he had um, bell-bottom corduroys, a thick leather belt, you know, felt like a big collared shirt, rimmed glasses, eating Fritos from his uh, Ziploc bag. And we would be there at the table, hanging out, um, having our lunch, and he would periodically touch bases with us. I think it was that interaction, that humanness, the fact that he was delighted to see us when we walked in the door. Um, these are the things that teachers, teach, this is why that in-person or that relationship building is so important with teachers. If you think about your children and the teachers that have impacted them the most, it's the ones that make them laugh. They happen to know them. They know their jokes. They maybe visit them at their um, sports uh, events. Um, it's ones that really go beyond, here's the subject. Have you done it? Here's the math. Let me check your work. It's really around those relationships that you build. And I think that is what makes um, our brilliant teachers so, so very special in that and, and why I really believe they're, they're educational heroes in that they're, it's beyond um, it's beyond subject matter expertise. It's about seeing our children and really understanding who they are and what they're capable of. Yeah, my daughter's in second grade and her kindergarten teacher, Socorro Chavez, at the beginning of each school year still sends her an email, you know, sends us an email. Yeah. And we read it to her, you know, saying, you know, congratulations, you're starting a new year. I miss you. Good luck, you know. And, uh, you know, that's something. And we read it to her. She's like, you know, like she feels so good, you know, because yes. it's like she remembers me. She you know? remembers. So, yeah. So. My, my husband is a teacher, a high school teacher at Dos Pueblos now. Okay. And I, I'll tell you just from a firsthand experience that when he wakes up in the morning, he really thinks about the day, but he will think about the students whose birthday it is today. He'll think about, you know, students he's had before and reach out to them and, um, you know, send them a message or send them an email. And it makes such a difference. It really... Those relationships are treasures. Yeah. And I'm going to wrap up in a second with one more question, but just to answer your question, there's the community college system where I found my, like, you know, yeah. the teacher that impacted me most, Patricia Stark. And, you know, just in short, she just had high, high standards and um, she expected the most and brought the most out of you. And I think, you know, previously, you know, there, there can be uh, expectation of, you know, we'll meet them where we think they're comfortable and we'll stay in that place. But Patricia Stark was, no, you are capable of this. And I know it and I see it and you're going to do it. And that's the only way it's going to be. So those high standards. And of course, you know, with with a lot of care and nurturing, too. But it was it was a community culture. And that's why I love the community culture system, because it not only is a place for people to go to school, for the first two years and save it a tremendous amount of money. Right. We have a great one here in this community and, you know, all of them play tremendous roles in throughout California, but um, also it's a place where if you didn't have that stellar high school experience for whatever reason, right. you start fresh. It's yes. a clean start. You can go to Berkeley 
you know, out of the community college system if you couldn't have out of high school. And sometimes it's better because you're more mature. But enough about me. I want to end with you. Um, uh, I just want to sort of like look forward here. Um, you know, you've talked so much. We could do two hours on this topic. You know, uh, you, you've so eloquently explained everything. Where are we headed? You know, you know, it's county education office, the pandemic. What can we sort of look forward to coming out of your office over, you know, the next year or two? I will say, Josh, SBCEO is fully committed to that service and leadership that we talked about at the top of this interview. We have been here. We will be through whatever comes and will be remain through the through um, the future as well. And we it is impossible to predict, I think, what's going to occur in the next few weeks and months. If it's if in a few months it's anything like today. It sure seems to pivot and change midstream day to day. Um, But, you know, Josh, I think our our steadfast focus is to ensure that all students have opportunities. We really need to figure this, um, continue to focus in on equitable opportunities for students. And so you mentioned this before. You talked about meals, for example. Um, internet connectivity, for example. What's coming forward, what's coming ahead is um, expanding opportunities. So what we're going to see are more opportunities for infants and children to enter into early care, preschools, and expanded kindergarten. That's what's coming, and we're focused in on ensuring that having that early start into education will be really, really helpful for all. We're going to see, so expanded early care, we're going to see more um, meals in schools, we're going to find more of that internet connection, as I said before, it really is important that we're focused in on every um, opportunity for all students for their, their success in college, career, and beyond. So we are we are here as a resource. I want to say um, an open door to those who are listening or watching. If they ever have questions around education, of course, go to your school, go to your district. Um, but the county education office is here uh, to respond and to provide supports. Okay, thank you. That early education, the research shows, is so important in so many ways, and. It, gets away from that fear of school for a lot of students when they're five years old they got to go and you know preschool is expensive you know not everyone can go to preschool and do those two years and pay fifteen hundred dollars or a thousand or whatever it is nowadays you know so um that's really a, a great mission to, that you have there uh susan salcedo i really appreciate your time um this was a tremendous interview let's do it again in a few months and sort of touch base but uh, it's my pleasure learning so much about the role of um you know your office and you know your story so thanks a lot thanks so much for the invitation thanks josh take care